Uh, well, welcome. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Joe Nealis. I'm the Salt Company Director here for the greatest college in all of history. GMAC, go Bears, baby. Come on. Come on. Uh, you know, it's true. Hey, well, I'm glad you're here tonight. Um, if you're new, man, I'd love to get to know you. I'm always hanging out at the welcome table after, and we've got treats for you if you're new. Not if you've been here forever, okay? But if you're new, we'll give you treats. So um, we'd love to get to know you there. Guys, we are starting our relationship series. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we got a couple people excited for that. Um, yeah, hey guys, uh, we're starting a three-week series talking all things dating, sex, friendship, and man, we're excited, okay? We're excited about that. Maybe a little uncomfortable. That's okay. It's all right. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm excited about it. Um, and guys, tonight we're starting on the topic of dating, okay? And so some of you guys are like, man, I'm looking for a ring by spring. Some of the guys here are looking for a wife, okay? Um, so tonight we're talking about the topic of dating, and so I want to kind of start, uh, before we start talking about that, um, man, I want to I start with my own experience in dating. So I think we have a picture next, maybe, let's see, stalling. Okay, so this is me and, this is me and my wife, Anna. Uh, very clearly married out of my league. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Um, yeah, so that's where it ends. That's how, that's how it's going. Um, I want to kind of take you to where it started. Can you guys go to the next picture? So this is August of 2018. Just so happy. Look at us. Um, this was the summer that we met. We were both camp counselors, got matching t-shirts, and we also had no, no idea that we liked each other at this point. So let me tell you about it. Um, so we worked at camp together, both camp counselors, and uh, any camp people, any camp people here, by the way, you find your spouse there, okay? Um, yeah, so uh, we met at camp, and we actually didn't hang out that much, like at all. We never counseled on the same program or anything, um, but I thought she was pretty. I knew she loved Jesus, and so I remember at the end of the summer, it was like week eight, the last week, I'm sitting down with my mentor, and I look at him, and I'm like, hey, dude, I, I think I really like Anna. But I don't want to be that guy, like, if you've been to camp before, right, you've got that, like, camp, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend, and it's like the last day of camp, and you're around the bonfire, and you're all holding hands, like, I love you so much, and we're getting married, you know what I'm talking about? Um, and so I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to, like, drop the bomb and be like, hey, I like you, and then, like, disappear into, you know, nothingness. And so um, my mentor at that time looked at me, and he was like, dude, he's like 10 years older than I, than I was, so he's, like, in his 30s single, and he's like, dude, don't make the same mistake that I did. Like, if you let a girl like Anna go, you're never going to find one like that again. And I'm like, point taken, great. And so um, two weeks later, uh, you, know, we're, we're, you know, Anna and I, we begin texting, and you, you know, we're FaceTiming. I'm in Ohio at school, go Jackets. Um, and then I, uh, she was at a different school in Michigan. And so, but mostly go Bears, am I right? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but anyway, so, uh, but we, we, we were living pretty far apart, so FaceTime was our thing. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I find it within myself, I'm like, I need to tell her that I like her, okay? And so um, I make my decision that the, uh, the first weekend of school, I'm going to uh, drive five hours to Grand Rapids and spend the weekend hanging out with her um, where I'm going to tell her that I like her. So I'm terrified out of my mind. Okay, so... We go, and Anna is such a planner. That's one of the things I love about her. She's a big planner, and so she already had the weekend planned out. Like, we're going to go to Lake Michigan, and we're going to get a little Caesar's pizza because it's the best pizza, obviously. 
Most people, I say that because most people hate Little Caesars, but we had Little Caesars. We're going to grab pizza. We're going to hang out, just like eat it at the beach as you do. And so um, hang out, check out Grand Rapids. So she's giving me a tour. And, and some of the guys in the room know what I'm talking about. The whole time, I'm like freaking out in my brain. Like we're hanging out. Anna, you know, she's so kind. And she's, you know, she's talking the whole time. I remember one time specifically. So the whole night had gone by. And I'm like, I need to tell her that I like her, okay? I need to tell her that I like her. The whole night goes by. It's getting dark. She's about to drop me off at my friend's dorm for the night. And I'm like, gosh, like, I, I need to say something. And so we're in the car, and Anna, so sweet, is just, like, giving me a tour. And she's like, ah, oh, you know, I, this is the way I drive to school, and this is where I go get coffee. I mean, she's just talking because I think she's nervous, too. And, and so, but literally in my mind, I'm like, Anna, please stop talking. I can't even think my own thoughts right now <laughs> because I'm like, how am I going to say this to her? And I'm trying to get this perfect moment, you know, perfect moment to tell her that I like her. You know what I'm talking about where it's like the stars align. It's beautiful. Temperature is just right. There's not a huge crowd of people around because you don't like a crowd. Um, and you tell her that you like her and it's just amazing. And that moment didn't happen. So I'm freaking out. Heart's racing. Um, eventually, I muster up the courage and I just look at her. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, my heart's racing. You know, my, my voice is shaking. And I'm like, looking out the window because I can't look at her because I'm so nervous. And I just am like, hey, I really like getting to know you these last few weeks, and I really like you. What do you think, you know? And, uh, you know, and then she's like, I like you, you know, and it's a happy ending. It was great. Um, so fast forward a month later, um, I asked her to be my girlfriend. And uh, I had this moment where maybe if, you know, if you're in a dating relationship right now, maybe, you, you, you know, you're, you can, rec- you can uh, resonate with this. I, we started dating, and I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to do? Like, I had this moment where I was like, awesome. And now this weight of responsibilities on my shoulder of like, oh, I have to like, I'm a boyfriend now. Like, what's that like? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, do I like poster on my story? Like, what, did, <laughs> I changed my wallpaper? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so, um, so I'm like listening to all these podcasts, you know, and I'm like, Man, I just want to learn, right? You know what I'm talking about? Some of you becoming something people or, you know, whatever. I'm not, you know, uh, but I'm trying to like learn as much as I can about, hey, what is the, like, what does the Bible say about how, how do I do it? Like, how do I do this successfully? What am I supposed to do? And a lot of you guys in this room, whether you're single or whether you're dating, you're trying to figure out, man, kind of a similar thing. You're like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to look for? How do I date in the first place? Like, you're looking for a roadmap and you're like me and you're like, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so again, maybe you're single in this room and you're like, I just want to know what I should be looking for, right? Like maybe, you know, I find somebody at Salt or, you know, wherever, probably Salt. Um, you're going to find somebody and you're like, How, what should I be looking for? Um, uh, or maybe you're dating somebody and you're like, okay, like, how do I actually do this? Like, I need some training wheels on this thing because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so what I want to do is I want to really answer this question tonight. Uh, does the Bible have anything to say that can help us on this topic? Um, the answer is yes. <laughs> and I think that what you're going to find in Scripture tonight, in some of the verses we read, we're going to be kind of hopping all over Scripture. It's kind of what happens when we talk, when you use topics. We're kind of hopping all over Scripture. Um, and, and, and what I think you're going to find is that you're going to be, the, gui- the Bible's going to guide you to help you find love that lasts in a society that doesn't really have that happen a lot. And so that's what I want to do. I want to look at that. And I want to start, before I go any farther, I just want to give like a quick disclaimer. Um, I'm not trying to be up here, like, on my high horse, like, thundering down instructions of, like, hey, you just need to do what I did. Like, I did this perfectly, and take notes because I'm perfect, you're not. That's not what I'm trying to do. Um, 
If you guys would let me, I just want to be a big brother to you and say, man, I've made some mistakes, but I've learned a lot in the process. And so I just want to show you, hey, listen, this is what God's word says about it and take it or leave it, but it's been really helpful for me. So what I want to do is I want to look at three particular things. If you're taking notes in this place, three particular things. I want to look at who to date, how to date, and finding your soulmate. Ooh, who to date, how to date, finding your soulmate. It even rhymes. You're welcome. So uh, that connected with one person. Let's go. All right, so I just want to quickly shout out, there's a book by Ben Stewart. He's, uh, he's a pastor, and he's got a book called Single Dating Engaged Marriage. I just want to shout that book out. A lot of what I'm saying, guys, not from me. I learned a lot from, from that book, and so uh, I just want to shout him out. Would highly recommend that book. Um, and I just want to start by saying, hey, listen, I don't want to pretend that the Bible has a chapter on dating. Like, it just doesn't. You want to know why? Uh, because dating didn't exist back then. If you were like, guys, if you were interested in a girl, you would go up to like her dad or something and then be like, hey, your daughter looks like she could have my children. Can I marry her? And then at that point, he would probably be like, yeah, sure. Like if you trade me some cows or some cattle or something. And then this, you know what I'm talking about? Like it was just, there wasn't officially dating, but you had that romantic thing that they did back then. So there's not a chapter on it, but God uh, has a lot to say about what does it look like to evaluate people and how do you love your neighbor? So that is what I want to talk about. Um, point number one, who to date. So if you're not already there, I want you to flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, so to set up the context a little bit, here's kind of what's been going up to this point. Paul, Paul is addressing the Corinthian church on a variety of topics. And the people in Corinth, man, they're just trying to figure out for themselves, like, man, how do I follow Jesus in a secular age, uh, in a secular world? And man, I'd certainly say that that's a question that all of us are asking right now. Man, how do I follow Jesus in a world that doesn't want to follow him? And so to answer this question, Paul uses this illustration to communicate a larger point. And, and basically, before I read it, I'm just going to basically try to summarize what he's saying. He's, he's, looking, at, he's looking at the Corinthians, and he would also be looking at us too and saying, hey, listen, life is like a race, right? And all of us are running in a bunch of different directions, and as Christians, our goal is to run toward Jesus. Like nothing else is going to satisfy. You can run towards other things, it's just not going to be worth it. But you need to run toward Jesus. Listen, starting in verse 24, here's what he says. Don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way to win the prize. Now, everyone who competes, ex uh, competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown. But we, an imperishable crown. So I don't run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, man, I myself will not be disqualified. And so he says, hey, listen, your life is like a race. Like what direction are you, are you running? Like if life is like a race, where are you going? Are you running towards Christ with everything that you have or are you running towards anything else. Are you running towards lust, greed, or whatever will make you feel good in a moment? You see, as Christians, what we do, he's saying, hey, listen, as Christians, when you follow Jesus, here's what happens. You submit your desires, your plans, your goals, everything. You say, Jesus, my life is yours. Like, I'm stepping off the throne of my life, and I'm giving that over to you. Jesus, you got the keys. I submit my life to you. We're running towards Christ. Your life is like a race. And friends, guess what? As you're running, you're going to see some other people running too. And a lot of them are going to be cute, okay? You're going to be running. You're like, man, I, I like that person. They're kind of cute, right? They catch your eye. Um, and you're going to notice other people running the same race as you. But the problem is, is they're going to be running in the opposite direction, right? Like you're running hard after Jesus, but they're 
running somewhere else, right? Instead of pursuing Jesus first and foremost, some of them are pursuing social status or money or approval. And I'm telling you guys, uh, just imagine for a moment, two people running full speed at each other in opposite directions, right? What's going to happen? It's going to be, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be good. It's going to be pretty messy, right? Not too great. So when you try to latch onto that person, you're going to latch onto that person and it's not going to go well. Because you're running in totally different directions. You love Jesus and they don't. But there are other times, though, um, times when you're chasing after Jesus and you see other people chasing after Jesus, like running the same race. Like, man, you guys are running at the same speed. And as you run, you're like, man, that person's cute. So uh, what happens, or excuse me, uh, what should you be looking for in that kind of person? There are two things. Two things you need to look for. Character in chemistry. You're running the same race as them. You're like, man, that person's cute. You need to evaluate that person. Look for character and chemistry. Character and chemistry with that person. So guys, not just chemistry um, and not just character. Here's, here's what I mean. You need both. Uh, Salt Company, uh, there are some incredible brothers and sisters in Christ that God love them. Man, they're kind of hard to be around. Can I get an amen? Yeah, some of you guys are like, oh, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, you know, it's true. You know, you got the people that are like, I know you're a Christian, but I just, I mean, I would never marry you, obviously, right? Like, you know, that's okay. That's all right. And I'm, guys, I'm telling you, um, I've, I've sat across a lot of people who are torturing themselves because they're like, man, this person loves Jesus, but I really don't like spending time with them. But they love Jesus. So like, just, I don't know, like, should I just be together? Like, what, what, what should I do there? And I'm just going to give you permission. Hey, if they love Jesus and you don't enjoy spending time with them, I'm telling you, guys, life, man, uh, if you're with that person all the time, it's, it's not going to be quite, it's not going to be a joy. <laughs> if you marry them, it's not going to be really fun, right? And so um, I'm giving you permission. Uh, you don't need to be with that person. <laughs> so not just uh, character. Um, on the flip side, you also want, uh, why am I blanking on this? Here you go. We want character. You want chemistry. There we are. I got it. Uh, Character and you want chemistry. Um, character and chemistry. So, fun, easy chemistry. Paul warns us uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, of latching on to somebody who's running the opposite direction. He says this. It's going to be on the screen. Do not be yoked together with those who do not believe. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness. So let, let me just uh, imagine just for a minute, right? Um, there's a couple, right? And, 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 and man, the girl, man, she loves Jesus. Loves Jesus. And she finds a guy that, man, they laugh a lot with. Man, they listen to the same music. Man, they like the same movies. They have the same interests. And so they have a lot of fun together. Man, it's a lot of fun. I'm telling you, man, those first few months, man, they, they're, they're the most fun couple to be around. It's easy for them. But the problem is, is that they bypass the deep conversations about God, about their faith, what they believe, about the purpose of life. And so they have these deep things. Then they get married. Guys, I see this all the time. They get married. They're like, man, this person's cute. I love spending time with them. You know, they may not love Jesus, but that's okay. They get married. And when they're not laughing, they're frustrated with each other because here's what happens. And I see it all the time. I see it almost every single week on a Sunday. Um, she wants to go to church. So she's at church every single Sunday. And she has to drag her husband to church who doesn't want to be there. And so what ends up happening is, man, she wants a guy who is going to lead the home and say, man, we're going to follow Jesus. This is what we're all about as a family. And she's trapped because she married somebody who does not care. But man, they laughed a lot. 
And you want to have somebody who's got character and chemistry. And some of you guys are considering lowering your standards because you can't seem to find anybody. And I'm just going to say, please don't do it. Like, don't do it. And you're like, man, I'm so lonely. Like, man, I just wish that I could have somebody to love and that I would have a relationship. And I'm telling you, friends, the loneliness, Salt Company, need to hear this, the loneliness that you feel right now is nothing compared to the loneliness that you would feel if you had to share a bed with somebody who does not believe the same things that you do. The loneliness that you feel right now is nothing compared to that loneliness that you would feel. It's not worth it. So what do you look for? Here's what you need to look for. When you're looking for character in somebody, you need to look for pursuit of Christ, not just profession of Christ. You need to look look for the pursuit of Christ, not just a profession of Christ. So guys, guess what? Man, anyone can go to church. Anyone can go to Salt Company. Anybody can do those things. Anybody can put a Bible verse in their bio and say God first, right? Like anybody can do that. (laughs) You don't have to be a Christian to do those sorts of things, right? I mean, sometimes this is, sorry, this is not my notes, but sometimes I'll go on Instagram and I'll see like some of these like comments on, you know, uh, whatever, and like and some of the like most heinous things, I'll click on their profile. Anybody do that? You're like, what's this person all about? And then I see a Bible verse in their bio. I'm like, gosh dang it, man, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to follow Jesus to do those sorts of things. And so if the person you're dating or thinking about dating isn't on fire for Jesus and actively pursuing a relationship with, with him, I'm telling you it's not worth it. And I find that oftentimes when I ask somebody like, hey, is your boyfriend or is your girlfriend a follower of Jesus? And they take a second to pause I think that's your sign. Don't settle. Don't settle. And so, um, yeah, you're going to want to look for profession, not just profession of Christ, you're going to look for a pursuit of Christ. Someone who's like, hey, I'm actually, I'm going to read my Bible on my own. I'm going to, man, I'm going to make um, Christ a priority in my life. They're plugged into the local church. It's huge for them, right? But most of the time, you're going to see guys who just or, guy, or if you're, you know, either way, it's like guys or girls, man, you're going to find somebody who's literally, they just want, like if they want to be in a relationship with you, they will say anything they, uh, that you want to hear. So it's like, oh, you're a Christian? Me too. I went to church. Yeah. And I have a Bible verse in my bio. God first, baby. Uh, and I'm just telling you guys, like, they will say anything they can just to get you to be in a relationship. Um, and that's true on both sides of the equation. So look for pursuit of Christ, not just profession. Do yourself a favor. Okay, um, before we continue to the second point, I want to give you guys four particular traits. Okay, so we're kind of up in the sky, like chemistry, character, that's helpful. But I want to kind of give you some like guideposts for four, four things. And if, if, if me and you were to sit across each other at coffee and you're like, hey, what should I look for in a potential spouse specifically or, or somebody I want to date, I would tell you these four things. Four things. Number one, Look for faithfulness. Man, look for faithfulness. Do they keep their word? Like, are they somebody that when they say they're going to do something, if they say they're going to be at something, they're going to show up? Don't waste your time with a flake. Okay? Do yourself a favor. Find somebody who's faithful. And guys, hear, hear this. Everybody's growing. Everybody's growing, okay? Um, I don't want this to be a legalistic list. I just want this to be a guidepost for you. And so faithfulness, do they keep their promises or are they always over-promising and under-delivering? Second thing is humility. Humility. Um, this, I think, is probably the biggest thing. Humility. Are they quick to ask forgiveness when they've hurt you or hurt other people? Watch the way that they treat 
their parents specifically. Watch the way they treat their siblings, their family. Watch the way they treat strangers that can do nothing for them, like their waitress or their waiter. Watch the way that they treat those people because guess what? They're going to treat you the same way. I don't know if you really want to marry a hothead. (laughs) Find somebody who's humble and says, hey, listen, I've hurt you. Will you forgive me? Guys, I wasn't perfect at this when we started dating, but it's been a process in our marriage that all the time I'm having to say, Anna, will you forgive me? I hurt you. Here's the way I've hurt you. I know that that's how I've hurt you. Will you forgive me for that? So humility. And then meekness. Meekness. Uh, man, here's the thing. They, they can have a lot of opinions, and that's okay. But they're not always trying to win you. They're not always trying to be right, right? Like, what they're going to do is they might have a lot of opinions, but they're going to seek to understand before they're understood. Like, this is the kind of person who's like, hey, listen, I don't have to be right in every argument. In fact, you might actually believe something a little different than I do, but I, there's actually room, and, I, and I'm okay with that. Like, they're not trying to prove you wrong at every... Uh, at every juncture. And then the last one is lightheartedness. This is a good one. Like, this is just, I mean, do you enjoy that person? Like, is this someone that you can laugh with? Like, one of my favorite things about my marriage is I'm like, man, Anna's like my best friend. We laugh a ton, and I think she's hilarious. Guys, uh, life is too difficult. Life is too hard to marry somebody or date somebody who takes themselves too seriously. Have fun with them. Um, So, faithfulness, humility, meekness, lightheartedness, those are four things. That's who to look for. But how do you date well? That's point number two. How to date. Um, girls, have you ever gotten a text or like a DM from a dude that's like, hey, uh, I'd love to grab coffee and get to know you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you guys, you guys already, you guys can see the username. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, oh man, why is he texting me? What does he want from me, right? Like, is this a date? What is this? Guys, this happened, this happened to Anna um, the summer that we met. Um, there was a guy that took interest in her, and, and uh, uh, he took her out to get breakfast. And Anna had no idea that this was a date because he didn't say it was a date, okay? Problem number one. Uh, he didn't say it was a date. And so um, at the end, she's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for my tab. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. no I'll take care of it. And it's like, oh, shoot, I'm in a date right now. Uh, <laughs> this is weird. I'm not interested. Um, or guys, maybe you're like, man, is she flirting with me? Or is she just nice? Like, she's always talking to me. And like, she'll text me. And like, she'll talk about how we're best friends and everything. But I can't tell, like, are we, what is this? You got, you got to help me out. Uh, maybe you've been there before, wherever you're at. I think the point is we need some help figuring out how do you date well? Like, how do you start the process? How do you date well? And so I want to give you a couple tips here. Um, how should you date? A couple subpoints. Number one, how should you date? You should date prayerfully. Prayerfully. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. You should memorize these verses. They're so good. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know him, and he will make your paths straight. So let me ask you, do you pray for God's guidance in this area of your life, or are you trying to navigate it on your own? Like, is dating one of those things that you're like, I don't know, like, that doesn't feel holy enough to give to God, right? Like, I need to pray about, you know, opportunities to share the gospel, and you should. But also praying, man, God, uh, I want a spouse, (laughs) Would you bring me somebody who's got character and chemistry? Or even asking the question, hey, I got this person I'm interested in. Is this the right person? And also bring your connection group into that. Like if you're like, if you trust your people, like man, bring them into that decision, but be praying. And here's the great thing too, is prayer also reminds you that your life is not your own. 
that your life is in the hands of a God or of a, of a Father in heaven who loves you and knows your fears, knows your worries, and is going to walk with you in it. That's what prayer does. So um, date prayerfully. Number two, um, how do you date? Date with clarity, guys. Date with clarity. Um, you know the quickest way to bring anxiety or worry to people or in a relationship is when you're unclear. <laughs> like, like, like I was just talking about earlier, man, she didn't know it was a date. It was weird. Clarity is kindness, right? You guys have heard that before. I'm going to say it again. Clarity is kindness. Um, I'm convinced that the biggest problem is lack of clarity. And here's the thing. Um, I think I'm specifically talking to the guys here. Uh, we don't clearly ask people to go on a date because we're like, somehow, like for some reason, we believe it's like too forward or like it's going to make them uncomfortable. And so we kind of beat around the bush. And so what we do instead is we're like, I'm going to look them up on Instagram and like all of their photos. <laughs> I, I'm going to follow them on there. But like, you don't want to do it all at once because that's like stalker mode. You're like strategic. Like literally anything but go and say, hey, let's go on a date, right? I will go and do whatever I can, right? Or whenever you see them as salt or whenever you see them out, you're like, I have to go say hi. I'm going to go say hi. And then you go say hi and it's great, right? But it doesn't move the needle, doesn't really do anything. And my question is, man, why are we doing this, right? Like, man, what, what, what's going on here? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, he, Paul says this about Christians. He says, hey, we're to speak the truth in love to one another. In other words, you need to be clear with other people. And I think we need this kind of clarity in three ways, particularly. Three ways when you're dating, you need clarity in three ways. Clarity, number one, in initiation. Clarity in initiation. Now, um, this is a mixed crowd, and so uh, here's the thing. I, I don't know what all of you guys believe about uh, uh, what you think about male-female roles in dating relationships, but here's what the data shows. The data shows this. A national survey done in 2012 found that only 12% of American women asked anyone out the previous year. Okay, so this data would seem to suggest that uh, men, uh, you got to step up, man. <laughs> Man, you got to say something, right? Women want you generally to initiate. And so if you're interested, you could say something like this. Hey, I think you're really great. It's on there. You're welcome because it's going to be an activity. Okay? Hey, I think you're really great. Can I take you on a date sometime? Now, here's what I want. I need some crowd interaction, okay? I need some crowd interaction. We're going to just, sometimes it's just helpful to practice, okay, in a safe environment, okay? Here's what we're going to do. Guys, I need you. Guys, I need your participation. You're going to say it with me, okay? All right. Here we go. Guys, I hope you're ready. Loud and proud, okay? I don't want any whispers, okay? Clear your throat. Ready to go? All right, here it is. Hey, I think you're really great. Can I take you on a date sometime? Hey, great job. That's great. That's great. Now, hey, you could even use that tonight, right? After salt. Some of the girls, some of the girls are like, don't enable the weird dude. Don't enable the weird dude. All right, hey, that's all right. Um, all right, bring it back, bring it back. We're having fun, we're having fun. Uh, but it's simple and clear. And guys, let me just give you a piece of advice real quick. Please don't send it over text. Don't send it over text. Don't send it over text. Don't send it over text, all right? The girls said amen. <laughs> the girls are like, he's preaching for once. 
Um, yeah, yeah, do you, yeah, yeah. It honors them when you go up to them face to face. It's a lot more scary, but it's an opportunity for you to trust in the Lord. It's huge. Number two, clarity in the process. Clarity in the process. Clarity in the process. And so um, if you go on a date with somebody, it's actually really, really helpful if you let them know if you enjoyed it or if you didn't. Like it's for you to uh, simply say to them, instead of saying, hey, I'll see you later. You could say something like, hey, that was fun. Can we do this again sometime? Because no one likes being in the dark. Like both of you guys are going to go home and be like, do they like me? Like, did I fail? Um, Do yourself a favor. And instead of just saying, hey, that was like, hey, I'll see you later. Just be clear and say, hey, that was fun. Can we do this again another time? That way they can walk away and be like, oh, they enjoyed their time with me. Like things are going to continue to move forward. Third thing, you need to offer clarity on how to end it. Everyone's favorite part. Uh, Offer clarity on how to end it. Offer clarity on how to end it. So uh, give someone a clear exit door. When, when, when you're asking that person out, give them a clear exit door. Say, hey, hey, I really enjoy my time with you, but if, at, but if at any point in time, like, you're not comfortable with us moving forward, I want you to know you have total permission to end this relationship, um, and that's okay with me. Like, hey, uh, I really enjoy my time with you, but at any point, if you're not comfortable with this, please let me know. You have every right to end, my relationship, end this relationship, and I will totally respect that decision. Give them permission. Say, hey, if you want to leave, that's okay. And here's what this does. It takes the pressure off because here's, I talked to so many students who are like, I went on the first date, and if I go on the second date, does that mean I'm getting married? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to. And so when you say, hey, listen, if you're not interested in this, you can leave whenever, and I respect that decision. What that does is it actually takes the pressure off. We put so much pressure on that. And so, and I would also say this, if you're no longer interested, guys, please don't ghost them. I'm talking about, have you ever been ghosted before? Right, nobody, right, except for me. Uh, don't, don't ghost them. Um, I hope that you would love them and respect them enough to be clear and say, hey, listen, say, you could say something like this. If you're like, I don't know, what do I say, Joe? Like, what am, what am I supposed to say? You could say something like this. Hey, you seem like a great person, but I just don't see this going anywhere. I hope you can respect that. Hey, you seem like a great person, but I, I don't really see this going anywhere, and I, and I hope that you can respect that. And if you've had that conversation beforehand of, hey, you can end it whenever, it makes it way easier. So, and then lastly here, date with patience. Date with patience. I'm going to try to fly through this one. One pastor said it this way, date as quickly as you can, but as long as it takes. Date as quickly as you can, but as long as it takes. Guys, it's wise to date patiently. Um, there is a passage, we won't look at it for the sake of time, um, but it basically talks about how you need to be cautious when, you, when you're, when you're uh, trying to connect with somebody. Because sometimes that person at the front, man, when you're in the butterfly stage of a relationship, first few weeks, one to three months, you're like, man, everything this person does is perfect. There's no flaws. Um, but what happens over time is you're like, man, as you date that person, you're like, man, actually, I'm seeing some things in their life that are kind of concerning to me. And so here's the principle I give people. Um, it's a principle, not a, not, a, not a legalistic rule that you have to follow. This is just a principle. Four seasons. If you're going to date somebody, if you're looking to marry them, date them for four seasons, a whole year so that you can see what their character is like, when they're, what their family is like. That's just going to be really helpful. Four seasons principle. So I encourage you to date with patience. Now we're going to look at our last point in just a second. I just want to acknowledge something. College students, you guys are navigating the most confusing <laughs> dating scene in history. 
You should know that. The amount of social media and the dating apps and everything and the stress of actually trying to find not just a suitable partner, which is what it used to be, but now it's just like God-sized like weight on your shoulders of now you need to find the one, right? You need to find the one who's going to complete you. So the question is, man, does that even exist? Like, is there like, a, like another person out there who's just perfect for you and you just need to move to the right place and talk to the right people and get connected? You'll find that person. Point number three is this, finding your soulmate. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, God, uh, he, he's, he's creating the world. And he creates the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, he creates the land, and then he creates mankind. He creates Adam, and God says this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. says this, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper corresponding to him. So what's not good in this passage? For someone to be alone, right? For people to be alone. We were made for companionship with others, but we've made this search for companionship into a God-like search for the one. We've made the good gift of relationships a God in our life. The thing that we devote our time, our energy, our devotion to. See, Salt Company, relationships are a gift, but they're a horrible God to worship. It's going to crush you. If relationships are the God that you bow down to, you're going to you won't be able to celebrate that your friends have a dating relationship. It'll hurt too much. You won't be able to, to, to go through your college years and, and, and live in the season of singleness that God has you in and, not do, and, and do that with, with any joy. Like If you worship this God, it's going to crush you. See, you were made for Jesus and nothing else will satisfy. I want to close with this story. The late Tim Keller, he was a former New York pastor, and he tells a story about a woman at his church, and looking back, she described herself as this. She described herself as the woman who always needed a man, right? Imagine having that be your nickname. Yikes. Um, She's the woman who always needed a man, and she said this. I'll read the quote. She said, I filled my life with relationship after relationship. Every time I saw a guy I liked, I thought, man, I want that guy. I want to get that guy. So I slept with him and had a relationship, and then that relationship would end, and I would search for another one. And she said, I found myself uh, constantly in a cycle of abusive, degrading relationships, and I wanted freedom. So I saw a counselor. When she went into counseling, the counselor told her this. He says, hey, listen, your problem is that you're dependent on men. What you really need is a job. If you have a job, you don't need to depend on the man for financial support. You'll be an independent woman and you'll be free. And this woman said, hey, what you're saying to me is that I need to give up my idol of relationships and replace it with the idol of a self-sufficient job. But I don't want an idol. I want freedom. Eventually in her devotional time, she came across this verse where Jesus met her. And it was a breakthrough moment for her in her walk with Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, verses 3 to 4. It's on the screen for you, and I'll read it. It says this, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Christ is my life. And so she said to Pastor Tim Keller at that time, said, hey, every once in a while, I'll see a man at church, and that old feeling of, you need to have that man will come over me. But as that happens, and I look at him, I whisper underneath my breath, you are no longer my life. Christ is. So Salt Company, what does this mean for us? When Christ is your life, man, 
You might want a relationship, but you don't need it. When Christ is your life, you want a relationship, but you don't need it anymore. Like, you're freed from that. You can live a happy life and not be in a relationship with that person. And one day, if Christ is your life, one day, just like it says in verse 4, there's going to be a day when he comes back in all of his glory. You know what that day is called? That day is referred to as a wedding day. And it's the day when Jesus the bridegroom comes for his bride, the church. And the church is anybody who's placed their faith in Christ Jesus. Believer in the room, that's you. It's described as a wedding day. And one day he's coming to end all suffering, pain, and heartbreak. Any heartbreak or hurts that you face in any relationships that you've been in, healed by the joy of his presence. See, relationships are a gift, but they're a horrible God for you to worship. You were made for more than simply being able to say, man, hey, look, I got a girlfriend. Hey, I got a boyfriend. That's great. You were made for more. You were made for Jesus, and nothing else is going to satisfy you. So in just a second, the band's going to come up, and we're going to sing again. And my hope for you, my prayer for you, is that our worship would not be aimed at the idol of romance and relationships and approval, but that your worship would be to the only king who is worthy. And you have an opportunity to do that tonight. So let me pray for us. King Jesus, you're worthy. Thank you that while you give us wisdom on how to handle relationships and how to do those things well, and man, we're laughing and having a good time and learning a lot. God, the reality is, is that so many of us are a slave to the idol of relationships. We would do anything to be able to say, man, hey, I got, I have, I'm in a relationship. I got a boyfriend. I got a girlfriend. And man, it feels so good to have somebody say, hey, I like being around you and all those things. But God, I pray that just like that woman in the story, that we wouldn't just move from idol to idol, but that we would seek actual freedom and find that freedom is only found in you, Jesus. And we look forward to that holy wedding day, King Jesus. When you come back and you redeem us, you wipe away every tear, you, you heal every wound, and we worship you forever. And so, God, even as we worship right now, I pray that this would just be a faint whisper of the kind of worship and joy that we would have in all of eternity. And so, Jesus, be honored in our worship. We pray this in your name. Amen.